Hi, friends. Welcome to Race to Rise podcast, a place where we discuss bite-sized wisdom nuggets with easy-to-follow practices to live a better life. I am your host, Mithal Patel, a parenting junkie, Ayurveda enthusiast, and an advocate of conscious living. Are you someone who wants to get more out of life, be it with the, your performance or happiness level? Or are you someone who believes there just isn't enough time to get everything done? Or even better, are you looking for a new and creative approach to time management? Because we all know as a parent, 24 hours are just not enough in a day for us, right? So if you are identifying yourself as from one of these categories, then this episode is my friend just for you. Today, I am going to discuss the Power of Full Engagement book that I recently read in my personal coaching book club. And it was all about, you know, how by examining these small causes and qualities of our, you know, the energy sources, we can improve and we can, you know, improve our performance, productivity, and as well as, you know, just savor the life and enjoy every moment with our kids. And the author has given great, great tools, easy to follow tools to practice. And some of them I really want to share with you guys because that has been a game changer in my life. My coach, Jay Shetty, always said, like, you know, it's not about time management, but it's about energy management. And I kind of sort of was following that. But after he introduced this book to us in our personal coaching, I was just like, oh, my goodness. You know, I have wasted like about two years, you know, not following thoroughly what my coach meant. But sometimes like how he, you know, Jay always says that sometimes you never know what might change, what might become that beacon of light for you to accept, the, you know, for accepting radically that this is it, this might bring me more joy or this might help me build sustainable habits or, you know, things like that. So today I want to share something that the author was keep on mentioning about how to increase energy. And he talks about that we're not just, you know, we're not just talking about physical energy, but he mentions that it's about physical energy, emotional energy, mental energy, and spiritual energy. So it's so important for us to like kind of look at, you know, holistically into all these energies and not just about, you know, not just talk about physically because you might be feeling physically fine and, you know, you might not have any, you know, conditions or any sort of physical pain, but emotionally you might be feeling drained. Like you're just not able to, you know, be present or you're just not able to enjoy the life fully. Or it could be that mentally you're so exhausted because, you know, it's just day-to-day -day life going, you know, having, integrating the work-life balance is just not a joke. It's not fun, especially when you're nurturing little human beings in your life. It is tough. It is hard because 
I am right there with you. Parenting is not easy, said no parent ever. It has been the toughest role that I have, you know, I get to play. And I'm sure that's the same for you as well. And so today I really am going to share one of my favorite tools that author kept on mentioning was rituals. Like rituals are so powerful. They're such a powerful tools to effectively manage our energy capacity. And we think, okay, most of the time people, when we say ritual, they think that this is, you know, something to do with the religion or something, you know, in that sort of context. But that's not true. Rituals is, you know, they're positive and they're like consciously acquired behaviors that we perform without thinking. And so, of course, we save energy and time, right? Where you don't have to think. So, for example, habit. Habit is we are consciously kind of controlling and kind of like putting pressure on ourselves on, you know, following it. But when you name it as a ritual, it actually changed the entire energy of, you know, around the ritual. So, for example, in my household, for at least for the last couple of years, I wanted my kids to meditate. Right? Initially, yeah, when my older one was, you know, young, he used to do it because, you know, he was curious and he, was, he would do it. But then as, you know, as he progressed and, you know, got into fifth grade, sixth grade, it was just difficult for him. And he hated, he hates meditating. He hates exercising. He hates journaling now. Things have changed. He is going through a different phase. And initially, a couple of years ago, I used to force him to do it. Then I learned that, you know, if I force the growth, it doesn't do any good to me or to him. It's wasting my energy. And, you know, it makes me go into a controlling mode. So it doesn't serve me or him, right? So we really wanted to meditate as a family. It wasn't working out. I tried different, different, you know, different, different tools, different, different strategies. It wouldn't work. I tried, you know, making it non-negotiable. But then I kind of sort of was falling into a controlling mother <laughs> and, you know, being an authoritarian or authoritative parent. And I said, that's not what I want. You know, I want to stay with my conscious parenting and making sure that I remind myself that this role of a parent is not about, you know, parenting is not about my child's behavior. Rather, it's about me, how I regulate, you know, how I self-regulate and how I transform this energy of, of not feeling enough as a parent or, you know, of forcing the growth to my child. How can I transform this energy? So it has always been about that. So then I kind of sort of was like, okay, trying to be creative more. How can I do it? And then we came up with a ritual. So we call it as an evening ritual and where we have four like staggered behaviors or habits or rituals, whatever you want to call it, but we named it as an evening ritual. So we have an evening ritual that we all perform together. It starts at 5.30. So we eat dinner together at 5.40, between 5.30 and 6 o'clock. We'll eat dinner together and then we'll do cleanup and whatnot. We'll talk about our days for a little bit. And as soon as it's 7 o'clock, we go to do our prayers. So we'll pray, we'll do our chanting, and then we'll do a seven minutes of daily calm meditation. So we do daily J from the app Calm, and it's only seven minutes of meditation, which includes, you know, it's a great format how J has been doing it. So there is a like a little centering exercise, just three breaths. And then he tells a beautiful story every time. 
And then again, it, then it's a meditation, like legit, like for maybe two minutes. So it's a seven minute of meditation he calls it. And it's beautiful. It's kind of like guided visualization meditation and it has a story aspect. So we take a, you know, we take a lesson out of it. So that is like 15 minutes. And right after finishing that, we all go for a walk. And so it has been a game changer in our life. So I think altogether, this whole ritual that starts at seven takes us 20 minutes where we do prayers, chanting, and meditation. And it has been amazing. And we, I don't remember missing a single day. Yeah, on Saturdays, we don't do the same rituals because we go to a temple for all day. So we don't get to perform the same rituals. So we don't meditate at home, but we meditate at the temple and that's more than seven minutes. So it has been a game changer in our life. And I don't have to nag. I don't have to yell. You know, it's just a couple of reminders. All right, it's seven o'clock. It's arti time or, you know, it's prayer time, whatever that is. With my little one, we sometimes, so we had little trouble where he was going through a phase. So he would bring his toys and he would start, you know, he would come in the temp. We have a room, we call it altar room. And so he'll just bring toys and stuff. But we've learned to, so there used to be some nagging, but now we've set some rules that we don't take toys in this room. And whenever we come to our prayer room, we take our spots and we follow the ritual. And so it has been a game changer. This is not just like, this is, of course, I experienced it. But in fact, most of our, you know, research says that most of our actions are, you know, when they're driven by rituals, they help us perform better and they help us perform more efficiently. And actually, even according to the research, right, we all know that only about 5% of our behaviors is consciously performed, meaning that 95% of our actions are just, you know, they occur automatically out of habit. And so why can't we, you know, why don't we just, why don't we make this 5% as, you know, conscious efforts where we tie it in the name of ritual so it doesn't seem like it's nagging. And so it's like, you know, it's an art of thinking it like a soldier's preparing for combat where, you know, the recruits build rituals around every aspect of their lives from what they eat to how to think and act under pressure. And so this code of conduct allows them to automatically make the right decision, even in the life-threatening situations. And so rituals don't only conserve energy. They actually, when we design them, they're, you know, when we design a positive ritual, it helps us to live in accordance with our values and, you know, helps us perform at our very best. So how can we form these rituals, especially around kids? First of all, small steps, big priorities, like how my coach would say. We have to make sure that we are building them in a small increments and focusing on one lifestyle change at a time. And then, of course, build upon that improvement with new rituals. So initially for us, for that 7 p.m. evening ritual that I've talked about earlier, initially it was just the 7 p.m. prayers. And then after a while, we added chanting. So we would do prayers and then we would do chanting. And after that, for a while, when this whole Daily J was introduced, I started doing my on my own. Then my husband started joining. And then we added that because we felt like this was really good, we started doing it in our bedroom first before going to bed. And then we moved it and we anchored this meditating, you know, this meditation 
to our evening so that because I always feel when you anchor like you know a habit and form it into a ritual you have less chances of missing or you have less chances of you know not wanting to do it. Author actually beautifully shared a technique called priming and he says that every time you're tempted by something bad just do something good instead so like swap it right so for example if you're trying to give up sugar then every time you feel the temptation to eat you know a piece of cake or chocolate or candy or cookies tell yourself that whenever i'm tempted by you know chocolate i'll have some fruit instead and so over time you'll be able to form a habit of eating fruit and not dessert which is far more efficient than consciously forcing yourself to stay out of the kitchen every time you face a temptation right and it works great because now this way you are building a healthy habit by forming a ritual a ritual of you know swapping the bad temptation with good one instead and so when you introduce these rituals for your kids you know small rituals and start building upon them eventually you'll incorporate all your values into your daily life with kids it for this week's episode of race to rise be sure to sign up to our email list at risewithmetal.com and join us again next time for more wisdom about life kids and everything in between i am mitha patel wishing you happy raising and rising rising